Welcome to Bota, Worldviews from Albanian American Perspective, the podcast where I talk to experts and achievers who inspire me from around the world. I'm your host, Leonita. On today's episode, we'll be talking to Arbor. He is the admin of this page called Balkanism. I'm sure a lot of you, if you listen to this podcast, have been on that page and heard of it. It's a really beautiful page, has uh, magnificent um, pictures and photos from the past and um, from history of our culture and society, you know, in the Balkan region. And we all know that the Balkan region is a very complex place. Um, Lots of different countries um, that have experienced a lot of different amounts of turmoil and things like that. And we really get into it in this episode. You know, we get to learn a little bit about Arbor and, you know, the reasoning behind him creating this page, as well as a little bit of our history, um, our feelings and perspectives towards certain certain things that, you know, our countries have faced. You know, all three of us on this podcast are from Kosovo. So we have that perspective and we, you know, live in different areas. He's from the United Kingdom. Um, My co-host, Lorena, and I are from America. So it kind of really shows the differences and the similarities that we have as a culture, as a nation of people, as just people in general. Um, So it's a really good one. I hope you enjoy and don't forget to also follow me on Instagram at Bota Podcast and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much and enjoy this episode. We're going to be talking to Arbor. He is one of the managers for this page called Balkanism. And today I'm being joined by my co-host, Blorina. Thank you so much, Leonita. I'm really happy to be here on this interview with Balkanism. I'm excited to get to know more about this page and Arbor. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to speak to you guys. This is like my first official interview outside of Balkanism, so I'm really grateful to be here with you guys today. Arbor, we thank you for being here and talking about how Balkanism started and what was the catalyst to you creating this page. It's built such a big following and so many different people really appreciate what you put out there. Initially, I've always been quite obsessed with the region. I've always been really interested in the Balkan history. Although I was born in the UK, we would go back for summer holidays to Kosovo, Macedonia and Albania, Montenegro, Bulgaria, Turkey, we would go all over. So my parents were very kind of like, we're here, we're going to take you everywhere, you're going to see the different cultures. And so that was something that was really at the forefront of my mind, the diversity of the region. It was portrayed to me in a positive way. It was never something that was negative. We come from a really diverse region. I never wanted to create a page that romanticized Balkan history. We do have some really deep-rooted issues that are very substantial, but I also wanted to provide an image that is really never conveyed with the Balkans, and that's actually inter-ethnic peace. When I started my history degree, I went to university that had a Balkan cultural research center. So I, I had the ability to interact with academics and that shaped the way that I focus on the region from an academic point of view so that I was a bit more detached and not necessarily very personal, not biased. Yeah, and that's why I really like your page because you're trying to have that inclusiveness that mm. we all come from this region. We're all yeah. Balkans. 
even yeah. though we are different, we're all very similar because mm -hmm. we have similar traditions, similar foods. So there's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. I wanted to demystify ethnic groups. You know what I mean? I wanted people to engage with one another. I wanted Serbians and Albanians and everybody to be able to be on a platform and actually engage with one another in a respectful way because I've never really seen it been done before. My opinion of it is I like to see the differences because you could see, you know, I'm just looking through your page right now and you can see there are differences, the colors and the traditional clothing and all of that. It's all coming together uh, mm. and it's really beautiful. Thank you. There are certain things that are negative, like nationalism, racism, those are unacceptable. But in terms of different cultural traits, it's very normal to have differences, even though we do come from the same region. We grew up obsessed with the Balkans, obsessed with being Albanian. Mm. And since a young age, looking through the internet, trying to find anything and everything Albanian or even from our region. What's interesting to me is where you're finding all of these references and archives. I think the best thing for me is my mom and dad, they can speak Albanian, Turkish, Serbian. And I think the best way to find resources is actually using the language that you're trying to find resources in. So I'd go to my mom and dad and be like, how do you say uh, traditional clothing in Serbian? And they would tell me the word, I'll type it in and you'd find whole archives of that. And I think that was the best thing for me because I was able to find so many unique pieces and and photos and images. The most interesting thing that you have found so far that you grew up thinking otherwise. I think one of the most interesting things that I found was when I found an article on the Afro-Albanians from Olchen in Montenegro. I don't know if you've seen it on our page, but it was a community of African people that were taken as slaves during the Ottoman Empire and they were put in Olchen and they kind of culturally assimilated to the Albanian culture there. And we have a couple of posts on it. Are those people still there? And do they practice Albanian traditions or speak the language? I think one of the last women that I found an article from died in like the 1960s. That was from that community. But I'm sure that there's definitely descendants of that community. So hopefully when I get the chance to go to Ulchen, I'm definitely going to go through the, the records if I can find something else. That is so interesting because, you know, there are mm -hmm. still places Ibery or in Sanjak, Turkey and Romania as well, yeah. and places like that where Albanians migrated to and yeah. they started being surrounded by, for example, the Montenegrins or the Italians, but they kept their cultures and the language alive. They're still speaking mm. the old Arborish language. Exactly. So what other places are like that? So yeah, it's in Ukraine as well. There's a small community of Ar Arbansi, I think they're called, in Croatia. There's the Ar Arvanitika, which is the, the Albanian community in Greece. They're an Albanian subgroup, like an ethno-linguistic group. I've actually got a relatively large Albanian family in Turkey. They live in Izmir. They left Kosovo in the 1950s. And my mother's family, they originally come from Toplica, which is in southern Serbia. The Balkans in general has so many pockets of different ethnic groups. That's why concepts of like the nation state, which were developed in the 19th century, they don't apply neatly to the Balkans. And that's why we have the issues that we do, because, you know, people were actively trying to create these nation states in environments that were so ethnically diverse. Right now, something interesting is happening where Vedvendosia, a political party in Kosovo, mm. is making their way through Albania. And so they're campaigning to Albanians in the country of Albania. Rumor has it that the start of a union between Kosovo and Albania is happening. Are you into mm. politics? What's your opinion? 
I'm into politics, I don't really engage with Balkan politics just simply because I find it to be quite problematic in several ways. But I, I do support Bethlehem Dorsey's policies in the sense that education, you know, wanting jobs for people, that's something that is really needed, especially in Kosovo right now. So I definitely do agree with that. And I think it's down to the people, what the people of Kosovo and Albania, what is best for them. No, I think it would be amazing for Albania specifically because the politics mm. in, in both countries is really messed up. But we've seen that Kosovo has progressed and people mm. are working. There's more job opportunities. Albania, I think, could use some of those methods. You know, yeah. I was just there and it's a tough life. There's no employment. Really? Yeah, it's true. Uh, they have that election coming up in April, I think it is. I don't know what that means about the border, but it's a start. But I think this argument is somewhat hypothetical because if you look at the constitution of Kosovo, it says that Kosovo can never join with another country. And in order to have a constitutional change, I think, don't quote me, but I think it's like two to three thirds of the minority vote. And so the minorities in Kosovo, from my perspective, they most definitely won't vote for a Kosovo and Albania union. So it's almost like the clear barricade that we have if the people do want to do that. Uh, not... I think that deep in everyone's hearts, they really want the union, but it's kind of like a sweet dream, a romantic ideology. To be honest with you, I don't know. I'm very proud to be Albanian, but my association is with Kosovo a lot because when you are from a place like Kosovo, your identity is almost politicized from when you're a child. Every aspect of your identity is you're from Kosovo. So when Kosovo became a country, I associate with Kosovo, and that's where I feel like I'm from. I'm Albanian, very, very proud to be Albanian, but I'm from Kosovo. You know what I mean? I can't divide myself from Albanian and Kosovo. They go both hand in hand and they're both together. This is my opinion. If people feel differently and they want to see this Albanian state and they go through a legal way to do so, then that's their choice. But for me personally, I associate more with Kosovo as yeah. from Kosovo, yeah. I don't know, just my personal opinion, like you said, maybe because of what we went through and it's a recent thing that we've experienced in our lifetime. We feel it more, yeah. we've seen it more and we really had to fight for something, even though it's unfortunate. Yeah. We don't want to have to have done that. There's the negative that came out of it, but then you also feel the sense of more pride. Like I'm from Kosovo and yeah, I'm Albanian. I disagree. I am from Kosovo, and that's a region of Albania to me. When I see on your page, Serbians will come on and say, Kosovo, yes, Serbi, I hate that. And I say, no, Kosovo, Shqipri. And that's been the slogan forever. I was a one-year-old at the Kosovo demonstrations until I was six or seven in D.C., going free Kosovo, USA, and Kosovo, yes, Shqipri. So I have that deep-rooted Kosovo is Albania. And this new flag, when this came out, really tugged on my heart in a, a bitter way because I grew up loving Ibrahim Rogova and the fight that he made for the freedom of Kosovo. He had a beautiful flag planned oh. for Dardania, the true name of Kosovo, the Albanian name of Kosovo. Yeah. And it had the beautiful Shuponia on it. That's our identity. It's the red and black flag. So I don't identify with this mm -hmm. new flag at all. I have anger towards it. I'm Albanian. I have the Shiponia on my neck. And it feels mm -hmm. like the new politics really backstabbed us. And as soon as we got our freedoms, they said, ah, no, we're going to change your whole identity. We are newborn. Mm -hmm. 
but that had mm -hmm. a twisted meaning to it because they're mm -hmm. not trying to be Shipriya anymore. The Shiponia will always be ours. We're Albanian, we're a part of the Albanian ethnic group. That's always going to be the case. The only issue is Kosovo is such a complex issue to understand from a political point of view in the sense that the fact that Kosovo has actually been able to achieve statehood is shocking. It's never been done before in terms of history, in terms of political states. Uh, so states that have declared independence are usually never recognized by any other country globally. Not only that, but they're just not accepted as countries, whereas we see Kosovo, for example, playing football matches as Kosovo, going out there, doing things as Kosovo. So I definitely understand your perspective. And I think you're from the generation that went out there with the Albanian flags protesting for a free independent Kosovo. And I think your perspective is one that is definitely valid in the UK. My experience was very much attached to being from Kosovo. I am an Albanian, but I'm an Albanian from Kosovo. And that's how I was labeled in the UK. I don't know if you've heard like Kosovan or Kosovo. It's used a lot for people who come from Kosovo. I know that like Albanians in America and Germany and Austria, they all use Albanian, even though they're from Kosovo. Yeah, we're just all go. Albanian and yeah, the exactly. like, oh, what region? We'll say, oh, Kosovo, you know? Yeah, yeah. Whereas in London, in the UK, in general, I've seen that a lot of people from Kosovo will actually call themselves Kosovan. It's a very common thing because explaining it to British people, oh, I'm an Albanian from Kosovo. It's an ethnic group. It's quite extensive to go into like depth. And being an Albanian in London, I think is quite specific. Well, yeah, I think they really associate it with the war and they remember the war and Tony Blair yeah. being yeah, part of it. That's interesting. I didn't yeah. think about that. I remember growing up when I was younger as a kid, like five years old, to be honest, I was really never asked or it was never really implied. So I'm mm. Albanian, right? We always said, oh, we're Albanian, we're Albanian. But to be honest, I didn't know I was from Kosovo. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, there's a different area of Albanian that I'm from? <laughs> I never knew because all I would hear was like, oh, we're Albanian, we speak Albanian and... That was like embedded in my head for the longest time. And then as I got older, I realized I'm from Kosovo. It was during the time in the 90s. And then I started hearing more about what Kosovo was and I was older. But I always thought that was so interesting. I never asked my parents what part of Albania or what kind of Albanian are we? I just assumed we're all one thing. I didn't know that there was different regions like Mansi or mm. Montenegro, Macedonia. It's very interesting. Growing up in the UK, it is quite difficult when you're raised around a lot of different cultures. Everybody loves saying where they're from. I grew up in East London and I had a specific scenario where it was a class project to draw the flag of your country of origin. And during that time, Kosovo wasn't a country, so I drew the double-headed Albanian flag. And underneath, I wrote Kosovo because that's where I was from. And so I went into class and I was doing my presentation holding up the flag. And whilst I was doing it, my teacher was on the computer typing away. She was almost like researching something. And midway, she stopped me and she said, Kosovo is not a real country. That's Albania's flag. She took the flag and she ripped it up and she threw it in the bin, actually. So that kind of really impacted my identity. And that's probably why I'm a bit more vocal about being from Kosovo, because I've had like that really negative experience when I was a child of people consistently trying to take it away from me it almost felt like I was nothing in a way and my parents would be like oh bro you know you're Shiftar you're from Kosovo this is where we're from but when you're raised in a space where you feel like you it's almost like you don't exist I'd open a book and I tried to look for Kosovo like a map I'd open a map I tried to look for Kosovo I couldn't find it anywhere and I think that definitely 
kind of impacted my passion to be very vocal about Kosovo. I'm so sorry that happened to you. You just, that made me so emotional. What a turning point. And how frustrating is it that, you know, an educator is mm. not educated themselves. Growing up, I, I can't really remember a time. I mean, I remember children asking me, oh, what are you? What language would you speak? I would say, oh, I'm Albanian. But I think like my parents really gave me the ammo. And I always came back with it. And I was always pleased and happy and kind of cocky and proud to say, well, we're from Kosovo. However, this nation really tried to bring us down, but we're fighting for it. And here we don't have our borders, but soon we will. And I was happy to explain it. But man, that just made me so frustrated for you, that teacher. But I'm happy that it sparked something in you where you can start an educational platform for other people to start learning about it. This conversation yeah, is kind of leading to the fact of how and why this is such a complex topic. <laughs> like we three, we're all from Kosovo, right? We're all yeah. Albanian and we still have different feelings and different yeah. approach yeah. or perception, as you would say, of how we see our culture. Yeah. So. You know what it is? The thing is, we're one Albanian community and we're one ethnic group. But we need to be able to approach things with a bit more nuance and perspective. That the Albanian experience from Kosovo is very specific to Kosovo. The Albanian experience from Macedonia is very specific to Macedonia. Likewise, with Albania, with Montenegro, with Serbia, they go through different specific nuances because of the environment that they're from. Like, for example, Albanians in Albania, they experienced brutal communism and Berhoja, which was horrific for us as Albanians from Kosovo. We don't know what that's like because we didn't go through that. Whereas we went through the dictatorship, Slobodan Milosevic, that kind, of, that kind of stuff. So we understand that perspective. And one thing that I, I desperately want to see more in the Albanian community is a bit more of a nuanced conversation, like understanding that us as Albanians from Kosovo. I remember someone that we know, both Lorena and I, and we were talking about the war in Kosovo and Kosovo in general. Yeah. This person is from Albania. And she brought up this statement that really hit me. She was claiming that she understood what the Kosovo people <laughs> were going through during the war. She's like, I've been there. I was there. I know it. I'm like, what do you know? You were living in Albania and you were like seven. And what did you know? She's like, I was there. I experienced it. I know what they went through. I'm like, no, you didn't. Like, that's <laughs> such a slap in the face. Like, how dare you say that to us? With communism is different than what Kosovo people experience with a war mm, of people being murdered and killed for being Albanian. This person was an ignorant person. Yeah. Experiencing Kosovo is not just the 1990s. This is something that has been ongoing for basically the entirety of the 20th century. For example, there was no Albanian education, which created like a power dynamic in Kosovo that would be detrimental to Kosovo Albanians being able to have access to education and to institutions and all, all that kind of stuff. My mother's side of the family, they only speak Turkish at home. So my mother grew up speaking Turkish, not necessarily that she comes from Turkey, but because of the fact that there was no Albanian education available for her family. So the only education that was available was either Serbian or Turkish, and they opted with Turkish because obviously her family was Muslim. So that kind of association, Albanians from Kosovo or Albanians from like, former Yugoslav countries, so Montenegro, Macedonia, and Kosovo being spoken over by Albanians from Albania. That's personally something that I've noticed. And it really grates on me because it's like, 
can you just let us speak? Or like they try to take away aspects of our identity. They'll be like, oh, well, this is our flag more than it is yours, or this is ours and that's yours. And it's like, well, first and foremost, like we're all Albanian. So, you know, be a bit more respectful and a bit more understanding. But yeah, I've definitely had some, not some fantastic experiences at school, especially with Albanians from Albania telling me that, oh, you guys, they basically called people from Kosovo the Roma people of Albanians. That's something that I personally have heard. There's nothing wrong with being Roma, but the way that they used it was almost like you're, you're lesser than, like you're not proper Albanian. And what was really funny is that they had like the most Italian sounding name and they were telling me Arbor, which is literally the most Albanian name. Yeah, that I'm, Albanian. That I'm, like, I was like, like, excuse me, like, what are you talking about? But I've definitely had some really negative experiences, but I've definitely had some really positive experiences. My sister's married to an Albanian from Tehran. So, you know, I've had, I've, de- I've definitely had both of those experiences. Mm-hmm. I can say I have as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not to move forward from the Albanian part of the Balkans because it yeah. can go on forever. There are people that has the same exact history as us as a Bosnian community. Yeah. You know, yeah. they experienced the war just like us. They experienced an ethnic cleansing just like us due to their religion and due to their traditions. And a lot of the Bosnians actually identify themselves or their ancestors as Albanian. So we are very tied with the Bosnians. And I didn't know this until later in my life. I have one of my mom's best friends, Yasmina. I call her, you know, Teta, Teta Yasmina. She's mm. literally my aunt now. She says, mm. and she speaks Albanian just like us. Really? She wants to sing our songs. But I have just begun to learn about the Bosnian experience in the Balkans. What have you learned? Definitely, there's definitely almost like a kinship Albanians, especially from Kosovo with Bosnians that Bosniaks that we definitely have that kind of uh, interconnected relationship. I think potentially because our community is majority Muslim, they're a Muslim majority community. It's almost like we have that that kind of relatability. What they went through with the genocide and the Bosnian War was absolutely horrific for them. And yeah, Bosnia has always been really interesting to me sometimes it's it's quite difficult to understand bosnian history as in the past it's, it can be a very complex place to understand but yeah it's definitely a very beautiful place with very extensive history we went through bosnia once when we were driving down and it was absolutely beautiful it's a very beautiful country um definitely a place that i want to visit more extensively what kind of comments or messages do you get from your followers i'm sure there's you know confliction i'm sure there are internet warriors or people coming on there just to attack what you're presenting which to me so far looks like all facts you know you really do your research how has your experience with that been it's been a really good experience to be honest with you I've made so many friends from so many different countries it's been a really amazing process for me like friends from all over the region that I've created really good relationships with them so it's been a really it's been a really good process at the same time there are some people who are desperate to have arguments with me and you know kind of get into like debates with me when and just be highly disrespectful but I just kind of like bulk delete all of those comments and I don't really pay any mind to them anymore in the beginning it really did affect me because I never made balkanism to create some type of ethnic war between the people that's never my intention I really wanted it to be a very inclusive space, a really like peaceful space where people are able to engage with one another. So when people attack me, I'm just like, I really don't have time for this. So I'll just like block and delete. When you're trying to build a space like this, it's better to bring out the positivity of 
what we do, like our nations and our cultures. And it's not good to see the negative. I mean, it's good to yeah. learn from the past. I want to bring up this uh, thing that you've been doing recently where you're taking a story of somebody and you're posting that story. Mm. What made you start doing that? And how do you pick the stories that you're going to post? So in the beginning of it, we had a lot of people just messaging me their life story of being a Balkan person in the Western world. And it became kind of like heavy for me as a person to deal with because I was like, wow, like this is a bit much for me, you know? So I was like, why don't I potentially uh, do something with this? And I would ask the people that would send in these stories, would you like us to post these stories? And I think the biggest reason why I did it was as a young child, I always wanted to feel represented in society. And I never had that sense of representation, being somebody from like Kosovo, there was like zero representation as when I was younger. So I definitely took the opportunity to provide a sense of representation. I wanted it to be varied. So these stories, they touch on mental health issues, sexual assault, abuse, experiences in war, experiences of racism, homophobia, whatever it may be. And so I really just wanted to provide that kind of over overarching representation for people to feel seen. So yeah, that was definitely one of the motivators for me. Yeah, that's a big thing because, you know, some of those stories are very deep and sad and it's good to have a representation for a lot of people. Do you get a Mm -hmm. good amount of feedback from a lot of those stories that people, you know, respond well to it or what's the response, I guess? People really love the stories and submissions that we get. What it does, it motivates other people to be represented. Some people, they'll do stories based on other people's experiences. So we had a young woman who sent in a story of her mother and her experiences during the Bosnian war. And then her mother reached out to us and she messaged us and she was like, you know, you've made me cry. You've made me feel so, so good about myself. And having that response from people, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, because I'm just, I'm just doing this all from my bedroom, like on my laptop, on my computer. Like, I don't think that I'm affecting people in this way. But when people will reply to you and they're like, you're, you're doing such amazing work or you're doing this, like, I feel so represented. Thank you so much. It, it really, it makes it worth my time kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It is that. It's it's a great page. It's great what you're doing. It's I love it. <laughs> yeah, as do I. I can't remember when I found your page, but I think it was maybe towards the beginning of uh, when you started it. You're including everybody, all the nations, and it's just such a unique way. All the old photos, the interpersonal stories, and even just now we had Kosovo's independence, and you had this post, it's why Kosovo is Kosovo. I shared every slide <laughs> I shared individually because I was like, yes, 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 yes. You know, I can appreciate the research you put into it looks intentional and we need something like that you know, no one's opening up textbooks and history books anymore unfortunately we need someone like you who's passionate enough to do the research for us and present us like hey look here's the good the bad the ugly but mm. more importantly here's the truth definitely and i think that's what i i was always searching for but i never found on instagram pages i would frequent balkan pages and albanian pages but they would always be problematic in some way there would always be some level of bigotry or ulterior motive agenda and and I think that's what really sparked the the reason why I made balkanism because I was like if no one's doing it then why don't like why don't I do it 
but there are some really amazing pages. There's a page called Balkan.culture, which is really amazing. There's Balkan Aesthetics, there's Albanian History, and so many other pages that are doing amazing things for the culture. I don't know if you guys knew, knew the page a couple years ago, but I don't know what it was called. Al- maybe it was called Albanian Tales. I don't know if it was called yeah, that, but it spoke, of, yeah, yeah, it spoke about a lot of issues like racism, homophobia, sexism in the Albanian community. But the young woman, she had to shut her page down because of the, the hate and the abuse that she was getting from the community. And that steered me away from making a page of my own because I was like, I don't want people to send me death threats and be all kind of like crazy with me. I think um, what helps is that your page is called Balkanism and it's not just Albanian this or Bosnian that or Croatian this. It kind of, yeah. it's telling you right off the back that this is a unity page. And you really don't post controversial things. You're just posting really beautiful cultural things. Yeah, um, definitely. Which I love. I love that. I love your yeah. page. Thank you. Yeah, it's really funny because we did a post a couple of days on Plasma Kiksar. And it got really controversial in the comments. Like people were like, I don't want to buy Plasma Kiksa because they're from Serbia or it got really controversial. And I was like, if Plasma Kiksa can be controversial, I got, <laughs> I got really fed up because I was like, come on guys, we, we got to do better than this. But yeah, there are issues that need to be spoken about. So like when it comes to war, genocide, I need, I have to be very vocal about that. And I'm not going to sugarcoat things for people. Because I yeah. think sometimes people want me to sugarcoat it and be like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Well, I'm like, no, it, it was that bad. And I'll sh- yeah, exactly. I'll show you I'll show you the evidence, you know, the facts behind it. And I wanted Balkan people to appreciate themselves because a lot of the messages that I get now as well is they'll be like, you're making me proud to be Balkan. Wow. And I think that's the nicest comment that I've got. Your experience um, being an outsider, like, you know, we're outsiders as we're Albanians in America and you're uh, Albanian and the UK and your experience is a little bit different than what we have experienced and maybe it's because America is so diversely cultured to start with because we are a mixing pot of different cultures and nationalities and I think uh, here in America it's like oh okay yeah that makes sense you know you came from somewhere you know but in UK well so is UK but I think I think America is so far from their homelands that we just that too yeah you're still in europe and you're like you kind of see it a little bit more and here we're more hanging on so tightly to our roots Mm -hmm. yeah you know what i think it is because i grew up in a very multicultural environment so the vast majority of my area is like people from immigrant refugee backgrounds balkan people we disrupt everything that the western world knows in terms of identity so they can't neatly place us within a category or a box when I was down from Kosovo and my name is Arbel and I'm a Muslim, they would be like, how are you white and a Muslim? How are you this and this? How is this possible? So we challenge everything about the Western world because the structures of the Western world are you're white, you're a Christian, you're brown, you're a Muslim. They categorize everything in such a very problematic way. They would see my mother's name and they would be like, well, you don't look like what your name should be. They would see my dad's name or they'd be like, how you have such a unique culture. Like they wouldn't know what to make of me. And I think that's what was quite difficult because I didn't know where to place myself as a person. So I was like, where exactly do I belong? That's interesting because me and Jonita are Catholic Albanians from oh. Kosovo, from clean mm. Kosovo. So in clean, there's a community that's mostly Catholic. Mm-hmm. And we know that we're a minority, but here in uh, America, there actually are a lot of 
uh, Christian or Catholic Albanian. So I didn't know that people didn't know this. Even when I go to Albania, my name is Blerina Grabanita, so no indication of faith there. In America, when people learn that the majority of Albanians are Muslim, they get surprised when I say, I'm fasting for Lent. Oh, really? So it just all has to do with miseducation and lack thereof. And it's our jobs really to take a minute of our day when somebody is first meeting us and explaining, because why not? Why not put us out there in a better way? Which makes me proud of these Albanians are becoming more famous every day. And we're at the tops of every list. Isn't that so cool? They're spreading, you know, the news about us. They're putting us on the map, educating people. I'm so mm. thankful for that. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing, like our community is so diverse and it's got like so many religions and so many identities and I think that really does need to be presented and that's something that I'm trying to do with my page and um, present that there's three religions in the Albanian community, Islam, uh, Catholicism, Orthodoxy, but then you also get Albanians who are um, atheists as well, which is not an issue. So yeah, it's just about presenting that diversity. I'm really obsessed with diversity. I don't know if you've seen on the page, but like I, I just, yeah, like I just love diverse perspectives and experiences and I just love uh, being able to platform them and it's not a negative thing I don't want everybody to be the same I want to be able to challenge the way that I think and challenge the way that you think and have good conversation and engage in thought-provoking conversations and people when they say you're being too inclusive doing this and this but you can still be inclusive and still be respectful of you your traditions and what you mm -hmm. are we can still enjoy being Albanian and doing our traditions and the things that we've learned and our cultural ways in the different ways you are, but we can still respect the other people that do it their way. Just because you respect somebody else doesn't mean that yours is less. Like we can Definitely. all be respectful of that. Yeah, because yeah. I always say the Balkans, we're all family. Kosovo should be our sisters and everybody around is our cousins. Croatia, Macedonia, Montenegro, even Serbia and all, you know, they're our cousins. So we should respect every part. Yeah, definitely. Well, we share more similarities than we do differences. That's, that's the reality of the situation. We're more the same than we are different. And we have those like differences and nuances, but we are very much like the same. And I think this page has shown that, for example, they'll have different ways to say a certain food, but it will be the same food. Do you know what I mean? They'll have different ways to wear a traditional clothing, but it will be pretty much the same piece of clothing. And so that's what I've really tried to present, that kind of, that sameness, but also respecting the, the, the differences as well. But do you feel like the reason that Balkans are so similar are because during the time of the Ottoman uh, Empire, is that why we've built so much similarities? Yeah, definitely. The Ottoman Empire, they placed a lot of cultural aspects. So for example, foods like burek, they come from the Ottoman Empire, foods like baklav, and so many different things that we have within our daily use that come from the Ottoman Empire. And uh, yeah, this was colonialism it was imperialism so it is problematic in that way but we have taken aspects of culture that we use in our daily life so it's engaging in the conversation with a bit more nuance because I have seen a lot of Albanian people that are like we have to get rid of everything Ottoman we should have nothing we only should be like Illyrian and just have Illyrian aspects of culture but that's not how modern cultures develop modern cultures develop because of various other aspects that we've gained throughout the years so yeah, we definitely have Ottoman influences, Byzantine influences, all kinds of influences that have impacted our culture and what we have today. 
for example, I don't know if you guys have seen it, Chilicha has become really popular in the Albanian community and that comes from South America. So it's like we're getting influences from all over and they're slowly but surely becoming a part of our culture and stuff like that. But that's cultural exchange. It's a very natural process. Isn't it um, contradicting or hypocritical because maybe it's because the Serbian genocide of Kosovars was just recently, it's still too fresh, but we don't want anything to do with Serbian culture. We don't want to speak their language. We don't want to hear their music. However, hundreds of years ago, the Turkish the Ottoman Empire did the same thing to our region and we fought them. Our national hero, George Castriotti, had so many battles and died fighting for our culture. And now we accept it. We accept the Turkish language, the foods, the music. When you go to Prizren, you see an Albanian face, but they're not speaking Albanian. They're speaking Turkish. Personally, when I visited for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, kind of hurt, you know? Like, why aren't you speaking Albanian? You know, our people fought for this. So... There's, there's kind of a, you know, contradiction there. The only thing is, though, I don't think it's an active contradiction that people make. Because, for example, when you're placed under a system of oppression, you can't really control that narrative. Like, for example, I gave you the example of my mother's family and only speaking Turkish. Like, they didn't actively want to speak Turkish. The environment made them speak Turkish. Do you know what I mean? If, for example, Black culture in America they were taken as slaves from Africa and they were forced to the Americas. So they had no kind of say in what happened to them. And so when they went to America, they have to have obtained an American culture. Do you know what I mean? Like a black culture in America. You guys know it better, you are from America. But now they have these associations, so they have different music genres that have developed from oppression. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's a similar case with Albanian people. We have aspects of culture that were developed through oppression, which I think a lot of people see it as, you know, we should just get rid of this, but this is what has impacted us. So it's not as easy just to be like, oh, I'm going to stop making Burek now because it's Turkish. I'm going to stop speaking like Turkish because they were the oppressor, because it becomes a part of your daily life. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's easy just to be like, let's just get rid of it because it's just not, it's just not feasible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you think that's kind of the nutrients that went into the soil that made this, you know, us grow it's in our roots as well so that's what you're saying even for example the like nationalism around being a kosovo state that only developed because of the repression that we were facing in the former yugoslavia so had we not been repressed in the former yugoslavia the need for a kosovo state would have potentially never existed because people in Kosovo, Albania, they always wanted to be a part of the Albanian state 1912. So the only reason that we have like a Kosovan state is because of the repression that we face. So it's difficult to place what our futures are going to look like. What are our children's future going to look like? They're going to be a mm. mix of English and American and Albanian and whatever else yeah. is going to come yeah. in. You know, it's always going to evolve in some way. It's not going to always stay the same because this is the world we live in a multicultural world like i know albanians are like 100 percent pure blood whatever <laughs> they want to like keep it it's like 100 percent whatever but like that's not necessarily feasible no one's pure-blooded though that's no that's, that's exactly <laughs> no one is especially not in the balkans <laughs> but we have that, that thing in our head like oh i'm 100 percent yeah probably majority of you are but as futures 
time goes by, like my kids and my kids' kids are not going to yeah, be. And that's fine. And I think that's, that's okay because that's an evolution of culture and humanity. And I don't know. And that's the thing, as a culture, we need to stop associating being 100% in ethnicity as being better or being more pure. That's an issue that really impacts me. It really irritates me because I have three older sisters, two of them are in interracial relationships and they're going to have children that will be mixed race. And so it's like, I don't want them to be treated negatively. And I know they will be treated negatively by the Albanian community, but I don't want them to. And it's almost like, we need to stop associating being 100% in ethnicity as being better or more pure or just kind of like more superior because it's racist and it's just not a nice thing. I think at the end of the day, it's all about preference. I always wanted to be with an Albanian man because I want to speak Albanian at home and I want to Mm -hmm. listen to Albanian music and I want someone to just relate to me. Well, like I have a cousin who's dating an amazing Italian man. I'm so happy for her. I would never tell her like, no, don't. If my brother finds a wonderful person that he'll fall in love with and that the family will love and we can integrate beautifully, I'm all for that. It all has to do with finding the right person, having peace and harmony together, because sometimes those differences can make us clash. Sometimes those differences make holidays at home awkward or start disputes and things like that. You have to find the person that won't ignite those things where it actually paints a beautiful picture instead of something chaotic, which unfortunately we're still in that realm. Definitely a transition. Yeah, it's definitely going to take time. That's for sure. And we're talking about culture and our traditions and I love it. It's beautiful. And I wanted to do that for my children and teach them the language and Hopefully, maybe they will do that for their kids and you're trying to keep those traditions alive because I, I believe in traditions and I love that. But you can also make new traditions too. That's Definitely. fine. You can find what works for your family. But I think the main important thing whenever you're trying to be with someone or find somebody, it's about the values that you have. That's what's important. You know, if Definitely. you have the same values, then you're most likely going to be good in a good place. Like everyone will... Get along yeah exactly that's it having like similar path what, what you guys want to you know achieve in the future as albanians sometimes outside of the region they want to up their culture even more so it can become somewhat of a toxic space i know for me personally i didn't really have many albanian friends as, as a young child i couldn't gel with them because they tried to maintain the culture to a point where it was like they were treading in ground that was for example racist or like sexist or just problematic in some way and my parents are like somewhat progressive in the way in the sense that they've actively tried to challenge the ideas present within the culture so I was raised with a feminist mum and three older sisters that were like oh bro you can't do this you can't do that you know what I mean like you have to actively challenge the status quo but now I found a really amazing community of Albanians and other Balkan people that I'm able to really speak to about these issues yeah and we got into a lot of good topics here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we could talk so about this forever in a day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes I feel really happy that I'm Albanian from Kosovo and I've done this. I don't want to be like, you know, not humble, but I'm proud of myself because it's crazy that a person from one of the most complex place in the entire Balkan region has brought everyone together. It's kind of crazy when I think about it, but because that has been done to us for so long. People are just like, oh, you're Albanian. And what really irritates me is that people are always shocked when they find out that I'm Albanian and I have this page. 
they're like oh it's so well put together you're so articulate and it's like did you expect Albanians not to be able to speak properly or be educated it's almost like Mm. the idea is that Albanians are like the bottom of the barrel kind of thing so I think that comes from um, intimidation maybe like I said earlier we have names of doctors that are on top of lists you know, the top tens in Europe or in America. Mm. We have a woman in NASA. She's an engineer. We have Olympians, gold medalists. We have top selling artists. We have number one photographer. When we're there, we're at the top of the list. So I don't want to focus on the bad because every culture, every nation, every region has their bad. But Mm. I'm more proud of that. When, When we are on top, we're at the top. And I think that says a lot about our, our people, even in jobs, doesn't mean that we have to, you know, earn medals, but every job I've ever had, I've put myself forth and they're like, oh man, uh, I've never seen a worker like you. And I'm like, I think that comes from the way that I've been brought up. I think that's from, yeah, I'm Albanian definitely. and we're just hard workers. We want to be exactly. the top. It's like we're the underdog. We're always fighting actively to be successful. And it's, it's, it's amazing to see. And I'm very proud when I see Albanian people, but just like Balkan people in general, when I see them succeed, mm-hmm. this is amazing. I'm so happy for you, especially from people who come from the war background with Sorry. the wars in Yugoslavia. I'm just like, you guys did amazing. Well done. I'm so proud of you guys. So it's really amazing to see that, you know, people are moving up and being better. Yeah. Just keeping up that positive light. That's all we can do in this life is try to exactly. bring that. Are you going to do a documentary, like a film documentary? Yeah, that's definitely something going to be in the future. So we're going to focus on a specific issue and do a documentary about that. But I'm actually currently working on a photography project. So I'm telling you guys exclusive. Basically, we're going to have one photo per country. And it's basically going to be traditional clothing, some type of traditional clothing. And it's going to be a really, really beautiful series of photographs, hopefully, that we're going to do in the summer. And yeah, it's going to be really oh, nice. I'm so excited. That sounds wonderful. I mm. wish you success in that. Thank you so much. Hopefully it goes well because COVID, everything is opening and closing and hopefully we'll be able to. It will. It's going to go well. Where there is a will, there is a way. And if exactly. you have passion, you'll get it done. I really enjoyed this. I don't know. <laughs> Just to talk about like sort and you know, our culture and how you're bringing all these people together with your page, Balkanism. And people can find you on Instagram. It's Balkanism underscore. 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 Two underscores. Yeah. Two underscores. If they want to connect with you or talk to you. There's a link in your uh, page as well. Yeah, I put a link to you. So I just put academic articles and different documentaries over my years i've acquired a lot of resources that i just saved on my computer so now i just upload them for people to access because i I almost want balkanism to be like a resource for people that people can use just come to balkanism and see what they can find my goal for balkanism is to create some type of organization in the future hopefully with ambassadors in every single balkan country and they're basically going to be like content creators uh, for the page but it's going to be content that is reliable fact-checked making sure that everything is 100% above board so yeah that's the future of balkanism I hope definitely oh that's very good to know with Bota we're in the business of connecting people so maybe we can help you find that person definitely yeah 100% so lovely I'm happy that I got to join this particular episode this interview was really insightful 
and really relatable. I'm happy to meet you. You're so you. bright and kind. I, I, it was really easy to talk to you. I'm happy that you have given us a platform where we can learn so much more about Balkans and who we are. I'm glad. I'm really grateful that you guys support me and you guys have an amazing podcast as well. So thank you for your support. This was great. Keep at it. Getting the truth and the knowledge and all that out there. Thank you so much, girls. Thank you, Robert. Bye-bye. Have a lovely day. Thank you.